How's it going today, people? I hope that you are all healthy and safe during this pandemic, doing well, providing for your families. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the intro, do one intro for both podcasts that I just re- recorded. So if you're hearing this again, that's because I put the same intro on both podcasts. First is going to be an interview that I did with Rand Ernst. He is an instructor, or the instructor, I want to say, for the NDT uh, portion of uh, Central Piedmont Community College. And they're one of the schools around the nation that actually offers a two-year science degree in NDT. It's an excellent program, and I recommend that you learn a little bit about it. And if you're somebody that's in the North Carolina area or know somebody in the North Carolina area that is looking for a career with a tremendous ROI, obviously this career, uh, then, you know, obviously that Central Piedmont is going to be a very, it's going to be like a career accelerator for them, you know. And uh, so I had a conversation with Rand Ernst about that. The next one is going to be my conversation with a man named Charles Yanetska. And uh, really great guy, uh, manufacturing engineer, working for Olympus NDT. He's, uh, he's, uh, it's a remote visual inspection is his field. And so we talked a little bit about boroscopes, kind of more of a, uh, a technical nerdy conversation about, you know, remote visible, uh, remote visual inspection and um, fluorescent PT in general. Uh, and, you know, whether or not whether or not fluorescent PT is possible on the internal side of things, you know, and as a technician, I tend to think that it's not that it's impossible, it's that it's impractical and that, um, you know, doing it with all the process controls that we need to make sure that we're doing a good PT, it's just, it's just impractical. And I think that's one of those uh, gray areas of NDT where you'll definitely get some people saying that, oh yeah, well, you know, you can do it. You should go ahead and do it. And then, you know, other people who are, you know, by the letter of the law, there's really no good meaningful way that I can think of to do fluorescent PT uh, if I can't have access to the part. But they keep making these uh, black lights for the um, remote visual tools, you know, in particular, the the fiber optic boroscopes. And so as long as they're making those, they're definitely going to be asking us to stick them down there and, you know, put some dye on some parts and do the idea of welds and whatnot. So those are the conversations. But one thing that's really been bothering me, and I imagine it's been bothering y'all, is uh, the government's response to this, you know, coronavirus. And obviously, as NDT personnel, we've been deemed essential. And so what's been plaguing me is I'm, I'm in two camps now. You know, I, I'm in the I'm in the camp where uh, I just keep going back and forth, and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody whose family is being plagued by this because I absolutely understand, and I've, I've met some people that uh, have relatives, and um, you know, I've I've talked to some people who have recovered from it. it is an absolutely terrible sickness for a lot of people, uh, but for the vast majority of people, they're fine. So I'm I'm in I'm in two camps. On the one hand, I think okay, this is kind of overblown hype, and you know, then what is all this response about? But then in the other camp, which is probably more likely, is that this isn't overblown. And what are our companies doing to protect the essential workers? And I actually just got my haircut. Today is April 17th, 2020. And I just got my haircut. And I was talking to a guy in the barbershop 
which really isn't supposed to be open right now, according to, um, you know, where I'm at, Gavin Newsom, uh, doesn't want these barbershops to be open right now. Uh, even though lawn care is, is open right now. Anyway, I'm talking to the guy in the, in the, in the, in the shop and, and he's working, he works for Northrop and, uh, I won't say anything more about that, but anyway, he told me that they banded together and they're getting weekly bonuses as long as the stay at home order is in effect. Uh, he's a quality inspector at Northrop. And I'm just wondering what are y'all wanting? You know, what, what is it that you expect as an essential worker, um, especially in these fields? You know, everybody keeps talking about essential workers at grocery stores. Well, the grocery stores are doing stuff for the people. Whole Foods is, is giving more. Amazon's giving more. You know, transit people, they're getting more. A lot of these essential fields, they're getting more. But we, as NDT workers, I, I mean, I haven't heard of anything. My company certainly isn't doing anything. And, you know, I'm not at all disparaging uh, their response. Trust me, I'm smarter than that. Um, you know, but I'm just really curious what, what's going on around the industry. So if anybody could just let me know what has been going on on y'all's end, who, you know, who's stepping up, who's being told to step down, you know, what what's going on um, at your companies to protect us or at least compensate us for continuing to go to work or, you know, do you even think this is a big deal? You know, is all this overblown? You know, cause I, I keep going back and forth. I understand the severity. I understand the risk to the hospitals, but yeah. So I'm just curious at the in the meantime, I'm just doing what I can to support local businesses because I am still employed. I'm still putting in overtime and I'm doing what I can, um, to make as much money right now. And, but I got to be honest, man, I'm thinking about getting the hell out of the city in general, moving out to the country, getting some goats and some chickens, and I'm not even kidding. So at any rate, this went on a little bit longer than I wanted it to, but I'm, I'm just, I'm doing what I can to deal and I'm trying to be grateful. I just appreciate anybody who takes any time out of their day to come speak with me and anybody who takes time out of their day to, to listen to this. And I'd really appreciate it if I could get some feedback because I keep going back and forth between feeling like I'm crazy as hell and I'm making too much sense. And I don't know which one it is and I don't think anybody knows right now. So anyway, enjoy the conversation with Rand Ernst and Charles Yanechka. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to do this with me. Oh, no problem at all. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so if you don't mind, uh, oh, oh, sorry. If you don't mind, would you go ahead and tell me just how you got started in NDT? Actually, I got started in it uh, because my brother went into it before me. And uh, actually, he was uh, bartending at my father's bar and grill in Hutchinson, Minnesota, and really a preeminent school is right there, which at that time was a very small town back in the 70s. And he heard about it and decided to go through it, and he became real successful. And then uh, when I got out of high school, uh, I looked into a few things. I looked into computer programming, and that was way back in the day when there, all there was was Fortran and COBOL. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> but... um 
I found out very quickly that Fortran and COBOL were not my forte, so I thought, you know, what the heck, Stu's doing a good job, and he's flying all over and making great money. I might as well try that. So that's how I, I went to the school of Minnesota um, and graduated back in 83 and have been doing it ever since. All right, yeah, so you... You so since then you've gone on to become an educator. What kinds of things did you do before you became an educator? Um. Well, I have dabbled like a lot of guys in NDE. I've dabbled in a whole bunch of things. Um, prior to this job, I was actually working at the space center down at uh, Cape Canaveral. Okay, we were working on the shuttle systems for nine years and uh the space shuttles and uh prior to that i worked a little bit of job shopping i did a little bit of contracting in nuclear plants and refineries and paper mills and all such as that Uh, i spent six years in uh, saudi arabia working for the saudi arabian airlines oh wow yeah that was pretty interesting it was a good experience i'm glad i did it and i'm glad it's over <laughs> yeah 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 what, what kind of work did you do out there in um, saudi arabia for the airlines a lot of eddy current um not really at least not at first later on the first three and a half years i worked at the engine shop uh, i did a lot of mag pen mostly uh mag particle and liquid penetrant uh on jet engine parts that's where they took the jet engines apart and refurbished them okay so we did a lot of uh, water washable and post-emulsified penetrant and mag, and then they moved me over to the actual um, uh, airport where I'd work on the airframes. So I worked on L-1011s and 737s and 747s. Um, so did that for a while and did a lot of eddy current there. Again, some more mag, some more penetrant. Uh, but it was it was interesting. It was interesting. So at another previously, I also work. I, I a little more than half of my life experience has been in aviation. Yeah, uh, I worked for Northrop for about three or four years on composite materials for the FA-18s, and worked on the production lines for the FA-18s and a very few uh, F-5 parts, and um, also worked for the Grumman. St. Augustine Corporation in Florida, where there was my first aviation job. And that was where they were taking old A6 aircraft and tearing them completely down and then rebuilding them up. It was a really, really interesting job. Really, a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, those are the ones where you can learn a lot when you're when you're you know just you're taking apart the aircraft and going at, going at it piece by piece. Yeah, it was great. I really, really learned a lot there. It was it was really, and that's what gave me the bug for aviation. <laughs> well, yeah, that, and it's just a. I mean, at least in my experience, you know, I came from oil and gas originally, and then now that I'm in aerospace, I'm not going anywhere. It'd be hard to get me back in the oil and gas game, you know? Yeah, or somehow a refinery is just not as sexy as a fire aircraft. <laughs> it cannot be, no. Yeah, that's what I'm working on, the Predator drone right now, which isn't, you know, quite the scale of the F-18s, but uh, it's just, it's it's a lot cleaner environment to work in. Right. Right. Well, exactly. It's cleaner. You got better working conditions. Usually, better equipment. Yeah. But understood. I've been both. You know, I'll still take petrochemical to going into a paper mill. <laughs> oh, is the paper mill the worst? I would not 
pick that as my career choice. Be honest. Okay. Yeah. I've been in a. I've been in a couple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I actually haven't I haven't met that many people that have actually worked at paper mills. Most of my experience has been either nuclear, oil and gas, or uh, aerospace. I guess I hadn't even considered paper mills. The the worst one I ever heard of was a guy who was. Uh, I can't remember what method he was doing. He was a welder, but he worked um, at a chicken processing plant. And he said ooh. the stench was something you'll never forget. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, well, one day while I was at school, yeah, you're always looking for money when you're a poor student. One of these temporary jobs came up where they hired me, and then we went in there, and um, we were taking the chickens out of the pens that they were at at that facility and putting them in these rolling cages to take them off to be processed. And, oh, my gosh. The, the guy is right. I still... Cringe at the thought of that. Oh no. man! Hey, well, you got to do. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was more incentive to uh, to to finish the NDT training and and move on to bigger and better things, I guess. Exactly right. Exactly right. So now you are an instructor at Central Piedmont Community College, and uh, Correct. yeah, how did you get started in that? When did you decide to make the tradition or the transition, rather? Actually, uh, <laughs> that's kind of a funny story too. They came to me. Um, be honest, I had hoped to retire from the Space Center. I really enjoyed the Space Center. It was it was wonderful. But um, the politicians decided otherwise. So I started looking around uh, for some other work. Exactly. And again, now as far as the hours and, and claiming them that's on hands on. That is entirely up to the, the certification document or the training document of whoever the employer is. Uh, generally, i be honest, I don't approve of it, but we have had one or two employers go ahead and um, accept the, the, the hands-on hours uh, as far as towards their certification. Okay, yeah, I mean, so I guess you're allowed to up to a certain point, and as long as it's consistent with your RL3's written practice, they can pretty much accept whatever they want, as long as right. it's spelled and out. Yes. Just partially, partially, you know. Yeah. And we've actually had, on a semi-related note, we've had uh, the Navy shipyards on both coasts, um, both Norfolk and Bellingham up in Washington State at Puget Sound, come in and try to recruit our graduates. Uh, well, both of them have hired our graduates. They actually fight each other for it. But what the Navy was going through, when they take someone right off the street and try to teach them to be a non-destructive examination tech, um, what happens is it literally, because of all the red tape, and the gov- if you can imagine the government having red tape, um, <laughs> it took them five years to get someone trained. Yeah. Yeah, look, don't, hiring, don't, don't get me spun up with all this COVID nineteen stuff going on. The, the minute we start talking about politics, I've I've been I've been going off on a deep end. I'm pretty much alienating my 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 uh, my girlfriend in the house right now. So it's, <laughs> yeah, but uh, understood. Yeah, no, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> not with the politics stuff. It's gonna it's gonna be yeah yeah it's no, gonna be I, I, than I it has to be you know <laughs> that either, but. Well, what happens is since the Navy, Navy got the okay, if they're hiring our graduates, they knock two years off that five years. Okay, yeah. Wow, just and because you, oh, the, you all took care of all the classroom stuff. Day one. Yeah. 
and it's been a real great opportunity for them. You know, the one thing that is good about the government is they're paying their benefits. Okay. So uh, when you say paying their benefits, you mean like as far as like health care stuff, or they're actually paying for the school as well? No, I say their pay and their oh, benefits. Oh, pay and their benefits, yeah. Okay. Yeah, working for the government is um, is a good one. A lot of the guys, uh, like I, my, my boss, he left a government job, and he said everybody was telling him that, you know, he's out of his mind because he had already been there for like eight or nine years. Um, oh, know, man. Yeah, to leave that behind, but... And he, you know, this company that he's that we're at is a very good one as well. But one thing that I'm jealous of with the uh, the Navy guys, the Marines that I've worked with that were in NDI, um, in the Marines is one they 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 get to graduate from the Marines, no debt, and they've got the big five, um, and then they get, you know, as far as benefits go, they go and they sign up for you know, disability and stuff, and they get. Uh, they just kind of ride that check for a little bit too. And so that's a, that's another way to, to do it and, you know, maximize your gains whenever you get out of the military. But so you're saying that the, uh, the shipyards recruit your guys, but it's government work, but it's not, it's not military work. It's just, they're doing, no, like they're an, go ahead. They're DOD department of defense. DOD. Okay. So there's, there's civil employees of the government. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, like my boss, like my boss. He was never actually in the military, but he worked for the government, I guess, as a contractor or something is what they consider him. Right. Well, not necessarily a contractor because you are officially uh, employed by the government, but you're you're just, the government is more or less a contractor to the military I see. to work on their ships. I see. I see, okay. Yeah, so, and so this is... How does it how does it go whenever they come? Is is it a job fair type thing that y'all do, or do they just kind of show up on their own? They show up on their own. Um, what what's been happening, as you know, you know, up until this virus came up, there is such a severe shortage of technicians now. Yes, that once some of the employers found out about our college, they come to recruit. Um, you know that they. they, they Everybody wants experienced people, but they haven't been able to find them. And so they realize they can get, you know, the college graduates, you know, they know the stuff. They're still fresh. They know the theory. And to be honest, some of them, some of the employers like like to hire our graduates just because they haven't uh, learned all the bad habits yet. That is something I hear a lot. You know, hey, we want somebody fresh because they haven't, they, yeah, we don't have to untrain them. Yeah. Uh, so what's been happening, and now we're kind of the new kids on the block as far as the NDE schools around the country, as far as ones that give degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been around since, the school's been around since 2007, and the word is still getting out. To be honest, that's one of the reasons I appreciate you letting me get on here, just to get the word out that there is another school. And if you want a two-year degree and you don't want to be in Minnesota in January, we're a nice alternative. Yeah, yeah. So where exactly are y'all located? We're in the south end of Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, a beautiful area. Really a nice area and and it's much warmer in January than it is in Minnesota. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. No. So, um the the one of the major employers around there is you you've got a you've got Triumph there in Greenville, right? 
I think that's South I, Carolina, but that I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, I was wondering um, what the big industry is in the in the immediate area. But I mean, if y'all have already got recruiters coming from all over the nation, then you know that's it's just a you know a really great rose in the cap. That's just it. The you know, the word is getting out, and what happens is the employer will fly in some people, whoever the you know usually an NDT guy and an H and R guy, and maybe one or two others. They'll come in, and we let them do a, a presentation where they can like do a slideshow if they want, and basically show what their job is, what the work conditions are like, what the benefits are like. You know, present to all our students, and you know, let the students ask them some questions. And then we give them a room to where they can do interviews on the spot. So traditionally, the job fairs, the school has, the college has one, but to be honest, it works much better for both the employers and the students if they can come in and do a one-on-one for the whole class. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... And that's, that's uh, worked really well. So what are you, uh, how are y'all handling this semester right now with the, you know, pandemic going on? Barely. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a way, since it happened, it couldn't have happened in a more timely way. Uh, something we did, uh, we instituted a while back that worked really well. Instead of going on a traditional 16-week semester, we went to eight-week short semesters. And so instead of going to one class, once a week, we have you go twice a week on consecutive days, and you get done in eight weeks. And what that does is keeps the student immersed, immersed in that particular uh, subject, say you're doing eddy current. Mm-hmm. And if you're in eddy current class, you work most of the day, then you go home and you come back right the next day. You don't, you know, if you come back a week later, you spend the first half of the class trying to remember what you did last week. Yeah, I agree. So the students retain more, they like it better, they're able to accomplish more, and you get done with that subject, you know, much faster. But what happened was we had just finished our first eight-week semester when all heck broke loose. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is right now we're trying to go completely online as much as we can. You know, as you said, right now we've got the ultrasonics, we've got eddy current going, and I'm also teaching a codes class, codes and procedures class. Uh, the codes and procedures, you know, I'm going to be able to get by on um, online. Yeah. And we're doing as much as we can online with a theory um, of doing WebExes and having assignments uh, for the theory of the UT and the eddy current, but we're just hoping that, uh, that we're going to be able to go back to work and get this done before the end of the semester. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any any is anybody in your leadership giving a timeline uh, about the rest of the semester, or is there going to be some sort of reduced class size? You know, anything that's going to be able to bring people back in the classroom to finish this one? Well, they're brainstorming that. You know, mm-hmm. no one really knows where we, we've set a few tentative dates along the way, and as they've come and gone, you know, we all we can do is work with it and roll yeah. with it. Um, like you say, no one knows when this thing's going to end. So we're just, we've got a tentative date set now and you know, a couple of weeks from now, but no one knows if that's going to hold or not. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you were like me a month ago, couldn't have even pictured us being in this position. So, right, you know, now that we're here, you know, we we've gone way past, you know, what anybody would have expected. So, yeah. Um. So, what about in the industry itself? You know, beyond the education, are are you still in contact with any of your other former students? Are they all still working? Oh yeah, everybody. <laughs> everybody's working i mean our our placement you know before this happened was well over 90 i'd say it's closer to 95 percent wow well like i say employers are coming to us asking we can't fill all the jobs you know there just aren't enough jobs well or enough people out there for the jobs so that's it and i do keep touch with a a certain few Mm -hmm. uh that still want to deal you know with the old dude yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. You know, but there's there's some I have just infinite respect for. Emily is one of them. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few of our um, graduates are now in. Well, I can think of three or four right offhand that are now in charge of the NDT shop wherever they're working. Wow. There's a fabricator that literally is right down the street from uh, our college, our campus, and. Uh, they've hired, as soon as they hired one of our guys, he went, jumped above all the guys that have been there five or ten years because he knew his, he knew his theory, he knew his stuff, and he knew all of it. Plus, the student himself was very intelligent, a real nice guy, and had a great work ethic, so he was a professional to begin with. I mean, those things go, they, go a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoy talking to them, you know, every so often, well, like Logan, who called you. Yeah. Logan's been very good about promoting the school and getting the word out, and every once in a while he'll look for, you know, a, a question on this or that. And, again, the guy that lives, works right down the road from me, he just called me the other day because they're making him RSO, and he's wondering what he <laughs> what he needs to do. So I, I kind of help him out there. Every once in a while I'll get students calling me and asking me for help with this, that, or advice on something. And to be honest, I love doing that. It, it, it's one of the things I love about, being the instructor is you get a gratification that you just can't get in industry. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've noticed about this industry is since I started doing these interviews, everybody that I've talked to, I mean, literally every single person that I've talked to has been, you know, more than happy to get the word out. And I'm I'm still trying to figure out what that means about what we're doing, you know, because I haven't encountered even the slightest bit of reluctance, you know, it's just, just enthusiasm about, telling people, hey, this industry exists. It's a very, very good one to get into. It's, the return on investment is, is just unheard of. And the, right. and, you know, the work itself, you know, it, it is what you make it. There is dirty work. The dirty work tends to pay great. Or you can go and you can get into, you know, like where I am. I, I consider this, you know, this is kind of like, um, you know, I can, I can go to work clean and I can come home clean. You know, so I, I'm not making the the crazy money that that my buddies who crawl around in the dirt do, but uh, right. you know, so so it's it it's it's there for you, you know, however you want to make it, and and everybody in the industry is happy to to share their knowledge and try to bring people in, and you know, so acting as a mentor is something that I find, um, you know, I find it to be very, uh, you know, very fulfilling, and. Uh, most of the people that I've talked to have, have expressed that they, they too find it, uh, to be one of the perks is that you, that you can give back, uh, to the, to the newer technicians and, 
you know, everybody's just happy to spread the word. That's an interesting observation, and I'm glad to hear you say that. It's true, but you know, I hadn't thought of it. It was as nationwide as or industry-wide as you want, as you're you're saying. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and it's true. You know, everybody. The thing is, I think most people that have been in this for any period of time get a great career out of it, no matter what yeah. it is you're doing, for the most part. And like I say, it's what you put into it. But I think most people get a good career. Yeah, I, I do. Th- no, go ahead. When I'm going out and giving, uh, and we'll, we do an open house once a month where anybody in the city can come in and I explain the business, explain it. And one of the things I tell my students, too, is, you know, how many industries can you decide, you know, since we have six different test methods, how many industries can you pick what type of method you're using, what industry you want to work in, mm-hmm. what of the country or the world or you the want world, to yeah. work in, whether you want to travel or not, or how much you want to travel. You have all of those options. Yeah, not to mention you can jump up and become a level three. So you can you can leave the technician world behind. You can get into sales. It really helps if you're when you're in sales or when you're a level three and you're working uh and you're looking for new equipment, the last thing you want is somebody who's never been a technician trying to sell you new equipment. You know, so it really helps to have that technical background. And this is just a, you know, yeah, so I mean, it, it really becomes what you make it. I did want to insert one caveat about the mentorship. Sometimes within the organization itself, you can encounter a lot of reluctance from the old guys, you know, not wanting to help the, the new guy get up to speed, you know, and you still get a little bit of the hazing every once in a while when you're the new guy. Oh, yeah. Well, even after you're the new guy. And those are the guys that aren't very good, and it happens. I had a guy like that at Boeing. Um. And you're right, you know, there's good and bad in everything. Um, and, like, it's one of the things I tell my students, and I, I tell them, I am very point blank uh, with my students as far as what it's really like in the real world. And I'll be teaching them the theory and go, well, the book says this, but the mm-hmm. reality is, you know, this is the way it is, because I don't want them to have any surprises when they get out. I want it to be exactly the way it was, the way it is, and every and when students come back, they invariably tell me that it's exactly what you said. I always lovingly refer to the crusty old dudes. Um, like I say, you watch the crusty old dudes, especially when you're doing RT, because these guys breathe this job. They don't. They know every in and out of it. But watch what they do. Learn the efficient stuff, and don't learn their bad mistakes. Don't bad learn the bad habits. <laughs> Exactly. You know, uh, and it's actually really nice. Like I have, when, when I've been, when I've had the opportunity to help train somebody on a method that I, that I have and they want to learn, they, you know, end up calling me out on something. And then I say, you know what? You're exactly right. You know, like this is, this is, this is a habit of mine. You know, thank you for, for pointing that out because I, I could be more thorough you know, in, in this area, whatever it happens to be, if I'm getting sloppy with my overlap, you know, if I'm doing a hand scan or, you know, whatever it happens to be, it's, it's, it's nice to have somebody new come, come and check you. Cause you, man, it, you're always going to get, get to get a little too comfortable every once in a while when you're working on your own, you know? Oh, exactly right. It's, it's human nature. It's human nature. And you don't even notice it yourself. Yeah. So it's always nice to have somebody come in and check, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this, yeah, I actually hadn't heard about the program until, um, you know, until I talked to Emily 
and uh, just just you know coincidentally uh Logan had started listening to the podcast which is great and yeah I I I was talking to a former employer of mine and the only other schools that we knew of of course were were Spartan and then there's I guess Iowa State I believe is the one that has an NDT minor but yeah to hear about Central Piedmont it seems like it seems like yeah the the you know if you take the total package of the two-year degree with um, the opportunity for job placement I legitimately can't think of a of a better two-year schooling option you know right um well I appreciate that thank you and it's true <laughs> that the, the, the thing that you said that caught my ear that is so so true is return on investment so what little bit especially a community college versus a uni- university even if you're paying out of state you're not probably not paying half of what you're paying at the university plus you start making $60,000 after 2 years instead of having the other 2 years of debt yeah no i mean and that's you know w- without getting too much into what's going on right now i mean the reason why i brought it up is because i'm still working everybody that i know in the industry is still working and there are people who graduated college not that long ago and have typical office jobs but are still considered non-essential and they are about to be in trouble and i'm sure it will affect ndt but it won't affect ndt to the degree that people who are in marketing and you know just i mean i can't think of all the fields right now but there are a lot of fields that are going to contract very seriously leaving a lot of people holding the holding the bag on some very serious college debt meanwhile you know like you mentioned we have a shortage of technicians you know an abundance of jobs i've never been without a job for an extended period of time and even whenever i was without a job it was because i was being picky you know you you kind of get like you said to decide what industry you want to be in and what kind of work you want to be in what methods you want to do so when you have a little bit of time to choose, you, you know, we have that available to us. So, you know, this, this pandemic is just another opportunity to highlight the job security that comes along with learning this rare skill, you know, NDT. Right. And I've got a good friend that I used to work with at the space center who, uh, I don't know, is it cool to mention, uh, company names? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't see any reason why not. You know, I worked for SpaceX. I work for General Atomics now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this gentleman works for uh, Siemens. Okay. Uh, power generation. Mm-hmm. And he is still, to this day, flying all over the country, all over the world, going in to work at all of their facilities. You know, when everybody else is laying off, this guy is flying to Australia, and he's flying to Kentucky, and he's flying all over the place, still doing his work. Well, these guys, like you say, that got a job, went through four years of school, maybe starting out at 18 or $20 an hour with all that crushing debt, mm-hmm. um, are getting laid off. Yeah, no, and it's, we are not even over the hump. I mean, I saw, you know, we've got 10 million filing for unemployment now, and, you know, we're just really getting started with the numbers, so... You know, we'll right. see how all the chips fall, but um, I, I, I've always been somebody who's encouraged young people to directly, you know, just get straight into this if you think it's something you're going to be interested in. 
because it's right. so lucrative and because you you know if you're if you're a hard worker you're going to do very very well and you will probably outpace a lot of college graduates um right you know by the time they get out so yeah well at the space center we were earning more money than the engine the beginning engineers were that's very common that's how it is at spacex too and i would say not even just the beginning engineers um because of the hours worked a lot of the technicians especially the advanced methods technicians are making more money than even the lead engineers you know right when you, when you look at the right that God bless overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I used to call it. It's like, it's like I have a little buddy working with me, and I get his check at the end of the week, you know? Because that's right. how it feels. You're just like, holy shit, that's a big check, you know? <laughs> but Right, right. If I could, if I could digress for just a second back to something you just said a minute ago, because my crusty old isn't going to hold on to the thought very long. <laughs> um, you had mentioned how... Uh, you know, you hadn't heard of too many of the schools where you could do it as a major or a minor. Yes. Um, there are a few community colleges around that have good programs. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know of a few. Um, just uh, for anybody listening, you know, because a lot of times they, they don't want to go all the way across the country to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the preeminent school is in Minnesota. Um, quite honestly, we do have a good program here in Charlotte at Central Piedmont Community College. But there's a really good school in Salt Lake City. Okay. Again, a community college gives a two-year degree. There's a really good one in Milford, Nebraska, also gives a two-year degree. And they've been around for decades and decades, too. You know, they have a very good school. Um, there is a school that started up after ours in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I don't have too much... Um, personal experience with them yet. Mm -hmm. However, I've heard other people say that they do pretty well. And the thing about going to a community college and getting an actual AAS degree is like you mentioned before, maybe you want to move up to a level three, maybe you want to move up to something else. Again, I tell the people when uh, they're asking about what is NDE, you know, you can be perfectly fine being a level two your whole life. I tell them I kind of miss my blue jeans and my Harley shirts and yeah. getting overtime, you know. But if you want, you can go ahead and move up into management. You can move up into engineering. You know, you can move up into sales. You can start your own business and be a contractor. You can do all of that. But what's nice about with going to a school that gives you an actual AAS degree, and my last job was like this, the bigger type companies, the, the Boeings, the Siemens, the people like that that are, are large conglomerates, if you want to move up into a engineering or a lead position, they usually want a degree. Yeah, they appreciate a little bit of college at least. And, yeah, the two-year degree have, is, is, is great. The four-year degree is preferred these days. but uh, Yeah, there, there's still a, quite a prejudice against it. But guess what? If they can't find anybody, and <laughs> yeah. usually if you're going within a company like that, you're moving up because you've already proven yourself yes. in your work. Yes. Well, yeah, and another advantage and of the two-year degree... have a degree, it allows you to move up. Yeah, and, and another advantage is they will... Uh, that cuts in half the amount of time that you need for level three certification. Right. Yeah, because you need four years in the, in the method before you're qualified to, to test for level three without a degree... You, and you only need two years if you have a degree in a physical science is how uh, ASNT writes it. So, yeah, if you have an associate's 
um, or even it says two years of education in a physical science beyond high school, uh, then you can test after two years in the method. So, I mean, I still right. recommend everybody having as much time in the method as, as you know, they can before testing. I'm, I'm not really in favor of people who uh, have a four-year degree and don't really know the method, but are educated enough about it to pass the level three exams, you know, cause if you have an engineering degree, you only need one year. And I, I don't know that a year is really enough time to, you know, to call yourself a, a proper level three, but you know, that's it. That's, those are the rules. Those are the rules. So yeah, if you have a two year degree, you only need two years in the, in the method to become a level three, should you want to go that way. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine you've, I, I saw on, uh, your information that you are the RSO there, which makes sense. So the radiation safety officer, are there any other endorsements that you have like CWI or how many level threes have you picked up in your career? Um, I've got four level threes now. Uh, I've got RT, ET, MT, and PT. I used to have a CWI, and I carried it for years, and unfortunately I let it lapse, and that was actually a clerical error or miscommunication, and that, I, you know, I'll take the blame for it. But that's something I really regret because a CWI is a great thing to have. And I do carry um, AWS's CRI, Certified Radiographic Interpreter. Okay. So I got the full threes and the CRI, ultimately. Yeah, no, that's a that's a big thing. I'm I'm trying to get my VT level three, but because of the pandemic, I had my test rescheduled, and so ah. it's yeah. It, I still have until August before my one year lapses, but they they mentioned that they may extend. Well, they they're going to extend for anybody who would have lapsed otherwise. But yeah, I've 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 been a UT level three uh, for three years already, but I'm I'm just now starting to try to add some more and uh i would like to get up to four one day you know but these tests are what are the have them in excuse me what are the three that you have them in no i i have i just have one in ut right now and then the other two methods that i'm well i'm 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 eligible for mt pt and vt okay yeah the uh i have done rt and i've done eddy current as well but uh i'm just I haven't been available, like I haven't been lucky enough to be able to do them enough to get certified in them. And right, yeah, right. They're right. very important certs, you know. Right, right. Well, you know, it, it takes time to get all that stuff. It just does, you know. And yeah. that's just one of the things I like about the NDE industry is the way they make you work from the ground up. You can't just have daddy pay the money, you go to school, and then you can get the best certification. You have to be in the trenches and be a grunt and have the level twos torment you until you get your hours. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, good luck. If you try to go into a plant and strong arm people and you don't have the knowledge and skills to back up your position. Oh good yeah. Luck. Good luck. Yeah. They're going to eat you alive. Mm-hmm. You, you'll have a full scale mutiny on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. You know, and like you say, there are good level twos and bad level twos. There's some level twos that just love to push you around and want to want to show you what they know. 
But that's what I tell my students. You kind of watch and see which ones are the ones you should learn from and which ones you shouldn't, and hopefully you get the good ones. Hopefully you get your judge of character to get the good ones because, you know, it, it, at times it feels like a high school lunchroom in there. <laughs> good analogy. Yeah. Good analogy. Something yeah. about NDT I've also noticed is it draws very strong personalities. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget one of the times when I was still contracting. I was actually at a nuke plant, I believe in Virginia, somewhere. I don't know where I was. And we were working the night shift. And, of course, we had some diehard Republicans and we had some diehard uh, Democrats and everybody else in the group was there. And it was the middle of the night and we're waiting for a call. So a bunch of us are sitting in the, in the wait, you know, in our area waiting. And it was too quiet. I was sitting there reading my, my paper newspaper and about three o'clock in the morning i just looked around it was dead silence i put my paper down and i just went gun control and put my paper back up <laughs> three five minutes it was great <laughs> that that's kind of like just throwing a grenade in the middle of a room to see what happens huh god it was fun i didn't even participate after that i just watched <laughs> that's about what i do on facebook these days it's, it's it's my entertainment. I get to check every ten minutes and see see who's yelling at who. The other yeah. day, I, I had my buddy's dad yelling at my aunt in Texas. You know, it's just like, oh God, how are these people even yelling at each other from different states? Right, right. I know what you're talking about, and it's, and it's amazing how deeply people will take a comment and just run with it. This is a great world that we're living in right now. It is it is equally great and equally terrible, and uh, I'm just I'm just enjoying I'm just enjoying it, you know. So, you know, I I I feel like uh, it's like a double-edged sword right now because we are we are very lucky to be a part of this industry that is going to pretty much just coast right through this recession. You know, I'm not saying we're we are recession-proof. But uh, right. we're about as close as as we get as we can get, and uh, so I'm definitely taking that uh, as a blessing. And but you know, on the other side of that, you know, we are still exposed. You know, your buddy that is flying around, you know, right now he's he's essentially uh, you know exposing himself and and being put at risk. But so it's a it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. But I would say mostly he's got to be very happy to be able to still provide for himself and uh, anyone that he's caring for. Yeah, very well, too. Yeah, yeah, no. The, I, I don't know anyone in this industry that isn't doing, isn't doing well. You know, everybody that I talk to, you know, that, that's, the, that's what makes me want to tell other people about it. And, right. Uh, yeah. Well, the biggest, um, what, what would be the correct word? biggest endorsement that you could really get for a vocation is everybody that's in it is trying to get their kids into it, their brother's kids into it, that kid down the street that's sitting on the couch and playing MindQuest. He's trying to get everybody into it because they know what a good deal it is. Yeah, it's like, you know, the, that it's like says it government. right there. When you like it enough where you're trying to get people you love and care about to do the same thing, that says a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we're... we're, we're um... We're we're like a big kind of like a like a big you know brotherhood, you know maybe maybe sisterhood as well. But it's it, it is kind of a male dominated field. But uh, 
Yeah. And so that's, that's why I wanted to get the word out. You know, that's why, that's why I enjoy doing these things because it feels like everybody, like you, you said, literally your brother got you into it. My, my grandfather got me into it. I feel like almost everybody gets into it through a buddy. And, um, I was waiting tables before I started, you know, you said your brother was a bartender before he started. It's, it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a line that you have to follow to get in. And, you know, it starts in the service industry and then, and then you, then you end up hearing about, Hey, you're a hard worker. Why don't you come do NDT? Okay. How about that? Right. Well, that's what we're starting to see now. Again, we're a new kid and we're still trying to get the word out that the college, number one, get the people to know what non-destructive testing is, number one, and number two, that we got a really good school right here. And what we're finally starting to get, the word of mouth, because we've had enough people graduate and go out and do so well, that now you know, we always ask how people heard about us when they come in so we know what's working and what's not. And more and more we're hearing, I worked with a guy. We both worked at the restaurant uptown now. He's mm. going all over the place, and he's making really good money, you know, he, and he really likes it, you know. So I want to check into this, you know. And more and more we're starting to hear that, and that, that's gratifying. It's nice, you know. But that's, that's exactly right. You know, people are seeing, hey, you know, this guy's doing good, and he wasn't much smarter than me. <laughs> I do. I honestly do think that's part of it too. Is that is that they see like you know, hey, not saying he wasn't a good worker, but he didn't blow me away. And if he can make you know a hundred grand, well, shit. Let me let me figure out. You know, what did he do? And and this is it. This is it right here. I mean, it, it is not uncommon for people to be three, four years into their careers making over a hundred thousand dollars. So right, exactly right. And that's what I tell everybody, you know, I I always ask them when they come in or I'm doing my promotion is, you know, this is a great job for someone who likes to work with their hands and work with their head. You know, you don't want to sit in a cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. I always call us the intelligent underachievers. You know, we're the, we're the ones who, who, who like to do a little bit of both. We're the kids who sat in the back of class and were maybe a little reluctant to, to, to pay attention all the time, but showed up and made good grades on the tests. And, you know, that tends to right. be who, who thrives in this, you know, the unconventionally intelligent people, people. Who, right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a good analogy. I like that. Well, Mr. Ernst, I, I, I mean, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate this. It's always nice to, uh, to meet my brothers, you know, on the other side of the, the nation, you know, industry brotherhood. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, again, I'm just trying to get the word that about NDT and about our college. So if anybody wants a good career and they want to be on this side of the country, Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte is it, you know. All right. Well, thank you very much, and you take care of yourself and stay safe. I wish you good health, all that good stuff. You too. You don't, don't catch anything you can't get rid of. <laughs> all right. I'll do my best. And if you ever are in the Charlotte area, please do get a hold of me. I'd like to show you our shop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. You take care now. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again to everybody for listening to my interview with Rand Ernst of Central Piedmont Community College. Click the links or Google it. uh, A few of the places that we talked about if you want to learn more about their associate's degree. All right, stay stay safe, take care, wash your nasty-ass hands, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.